were preaching out of Romans, and I did Romans, and, and so I'm reb- rebelling tonight. I'm rebelling. We're going to be in Colossians. I am going to have one verse of Proverbs just in case. Keeps me out of trouble, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. Hey, remember the pastor, Brother Donnie, Brother Ethan, um, and I think Alicia. No, no. So remember them three guys. Uh, They are all without their wives for like three or four days in succession. I'm not sure they're going to survive. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I hope there's somebody there to feed them, clean them up, keep them going. Uh, They are getting to preach and teach uh, to large groups of youth, just be in prayer oh, that God would do some amazing, amazing things in their time down there. Uh, we've seen him work amazingly within our, our church walls. Man, Sunday was baptism Sunday. I, I don't know. Um, I, I stopped counting, uh, but man, I think we probably baptized 35 folks and uh, seven a couple weeks before that. Man, God is good. Amen. Uh, just so so neat, so neat to just be a part of that. Um, we are going to depart. I'm going to I'm going to skip out of Proverbs tonight. I'm going to I'm going to touch on it, but I'm going to be in Colossians, and uh, we're going to be in chapter two. Um, for those, some of you may not know me. I'm, I'm Brother Mike King, and uh, I'm kind of the I'm one of the relievers uh, for Brother Matt. I was the guy that voted for him to have 14 weeks worth of vacation. I said, hey, I think, brother, hard as you work, you need, you need lots of time off. And uh, so I might get to fill in a little bit. But it, uh, I always appreciate, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity uh, to just open up the Word of God and share it. Uh, it is a life-changing book. It is a life-changing book. Um, and it's amazing how God uh, uses his word to change, to change our lives. I, I, I taught uh, men's Bible study last month. And, uh, man, we got into the book of James, and it was, it was on wisdom. And it just fits so good. And, and when Brother Matt asked me about filling in, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, that just fits so naturally. And, and then I got to feeling bad. You know, I thought, man, I've already got that. That's all worked out. It went pretty good. And I just pulled my notes out. And, and man, before I, I, I kind of run it by my wife. My wife is kind of the, the gal that keeps me uh, walking straight and narrow, right, Brother Gary? I mean, that's how those wives are. And she says, you're going to do what? And I said, no, I, I don't guess I am. It, uh, so I began, to, I began to, to, to pray and look for something. And I'm telling you, God's just amazing. Uh, he gave me a piece of scripture tonight. I, I, I've never really taught it or preached it, but it is awesome. It's uh, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1. We're going to read through verse 10. If you've got your Bibles with you, or if you just want to sit and relax, and I will read to you. Sometimes it's nice just to sit and relax, isn't it? And have somebody read the Word of God to you. And uh, I, I just want you to know something. If I see you falling asleep, I'm going to call you out, all right? I just I don't hesitate. I'll just call you out if I see your head bobbing around a little bit. But here we go. Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. For I want you to know, this is Paul writing to the church at at Colossus. And uh, and he's concerned about it, you know, and and he's going to express that in all 
Paul's letters to the churches, you can, you can just feel his heart. Uh, you can feel his concern for the people there. And, and I love what he says here. He says, for I, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in La- Laodicea. And as far as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged. And he wants them to be encouraged. Being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that, that kind of ties into what we have been studying now, the book of Proverbs. We see that uh, it simply says that in Christ are the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4, it says this, Now, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you were therefore, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to christ for in him dwells all fullness of the godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power let us pray father i just thank you for the great privilege of sharing your word. I ask God that you would bless it. I am nothing, I am absolutely nothing without you. I pray that you give me the words to speak. Hearts have come tonight to be fed. Hearts have come needing to be encouraged, as Paul says here as he, as he writes these words. Hearts have, have come needing to be encouraged. And Father, uh, that our eyes might be open to your love and to the completeness that, that lays in you and in you only. Father, just bless this teaching ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <clears throat> Man, I got the doggone sniffles. You have, to, uh, you have to just ignore that, all right? I'm too far away from you guys. I don't, if you know me, I like to be close. But you guys bring, you're in the spit section now, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so there's four points. As we read that scripture, there's four points I want to make with you tonight. First point is, is simply that Christ, Jesus, is the source of our, our wisdom and our knowledge. When we think about that, what, where does knowledge come from? Now, the other thing I do when I teach on Wednesday nights, I, I like a little bit of communication. Uh, so I may throw some stuff out. You can fire right back at me. If you're, if you're right, that's awesome. If you're not, I'm going to call you down. You know, I'm going to get all over you. That's not true. That's not true. Um, but where, where's our source of knowledge? Where's our source of truth as Christians? The Bible, right? <clears throat> it's the Word of God. It's, it's the Word that God has given us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 16, it says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, front to back, is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete or, or may be more mature, mature in Christ, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You've been called to a good work. 
Amen? You've been called. If you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior tonight, you have been called into a work. Uh, those that he knew, the Bible says, those that he foreknew, uh, he, he predestined. He not only predestined, he called them into service. He called them into work. And, and so you and I, we, as children of God, we're, we're called into a service to serve the Lord. Uh, to be a light, you can kind of think uh, about it as being a light that shines in a dark world. We kind of live in a dark world. Amen? Kind of live in a dark world. Man, most of the stuff that, that this world approves of and floats uh, as being okay, man, there's just so much of it that's not okay, and it's, it's a dark world in which we live. So we've been called to be a light that shines, that others might see the light of Jesus Christ through your life or through my life. That doesn't mean we necessarily got to go out and be knocking on doors and, and saying, hey, I'd like to tell you about Jesus Christ. There ain't nothing wrong with that plan, amen? But I'm telling you, as you go through life, as you go to work tomorrow, as you go down to McDonald's tomorrow and get your cup of coffee and sit around some of you retired guys, I go through there on my way to work, I see you. I see you sitting in there drinking coffee. And, and so when you go to McDonald's and drink coffee, if you're going to work in the morning, wherever it is that tomorrow takes you, God has called you to be a light that shines that this world through you might see Jesus Christ, might see the love of Jesus Christ. That takes on a lot of different forms and fashions, amen? Uh, I mean, caring about somebody, reaching out to somebody that's in need, calling somebody that's hurting, praying with somebody. You know, too often we, we, we think that, man, that means we got to be, we got to be trying to share Jesus Christ verbally. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but man, you have the opportunity, you and I have the opportunity with our daily walk, with our daily interactions with people that we associate with, we have opportunity to be a light that shines for the cause of Jesus Christ. So our wisdom, <clears throat> the knowledge is in the Word of God. Wisdom is the ability to take that Word and apply it in your life. Okay, so, so we can all take the Scripture and read it, and, and it's going to read the same whether you read it or whether I read it. But whenever we take that word tomorrow and you go this way and I go that way, how we apply that word is going to be completely different in our life. You carry a different set of burdens than I do. You, you walk with a different group of people than I walk with. Uh, so the ability to use the word of God in your daily life is called wisdom. It's how we take the word of God and how we apply it in our, our communication in the way that we talk with people, in the way that we reach out to people, in the way that we conduct our business, in the decisions that you make, in the way that you conduct your marriage, in the decisions that you make relative to your husband or to your wife or to your children. And so we need that wisdom. Uh, and, that, and that's what, in, in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. In, in the study of Proverbs, it's wisdom that is the main thing. And so wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, it says, get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. So as we see, God is simply saying, hey, wisdom is so important. The source of that wisdom is through Jesus Christ. We just read that in, in Colossians, that Jesus Christ is the source of, of our wisdom and our knowledge. The Word of God is our knowledge. The application of that Word is the wisdom. And so it, it's important for us to to call on, to seek the wisdom that God provides in our life. And, and his word, it even takes it, I, I like in the book of James, it says this. And in James chapter 1 and, and verses 5 through 8, if any of you lack wisdom, okay? So let's think about this just a little bit. How many of you lack wisdom? Show of hands. 
Okay. Well, they're up all over the place. What do you need wisdom for? What are you going to need wisdom for tomorrow? Somebody give me an example. To make the right decisions. That's a good answer, Sister Mickey, except it's way too broad. I want, some, I want to dig down. I want to get some meat. What are you going to do tomorrow that you're going to need wisdom for? Sharing the word, being a witness. What else? Associate with people. There's people whose paths you cross. How, how do I associate with them? How do I treat them? You know, uh, if you're married, uh, the first thing, what are you laughing at, brother? All I had to do was say, if you're married, and boom. It takes wisdom to know how to deal with your wife. Amen, you guys? Oh my gosh, that's weak. It takes wisdom to understand how to be a good husband. Amen or not? Yeah. And it takes even more wisdom to know how to be a good wife, I think. You know? In our, in our marital relationship, how many of you are still raising kids? Some hands through the building. How about grandkids? How many of you got grandkids? Yeah, yeah, lots more. Uh, man, it takes wisdom to understand the best path to raise your kids. Amen? If you got kids, you know that. I hope you know that. We need to seek God's wisdom uh, in order to raise our children, in order to influence our grandchildren. We don't have them for as much time, but you still have the opportunity to influence them. Somebody mentioned people that you associate with, people that you work with. Maybe you work in a factory and you stand right next to somebody eight hours a day. And it takes wisdom on how to communicate with them. It takes wisdom on sometimes how not to become angry with them. Amen? And, and sometimes how to, how to love on somebody that's not very lovable. And, and it's, life is hard. Life is, is hard. I'm thankful that we've got heaven to look forward to. Uh, we're, on, we're on mission here on, during our earthly life, guys. We're, we're on mission. We're, we're to be a light that shines, and sometimes that's hard to do. But we need the wisdom of God to pour into our life. So this is what he says. If you lack wisdom, that's me, let him ask of God. And who gives to all liberally and without reproach. That re without reproach means you're not going to get rebuked. Have you, ever, have you ever approached somebody and said, you know, you had to go eat crow just a little bit. And you had to say, hey, I kind of screwed this up and I need your help. I need your guidance. And the first thing they said was, I told you so. Right? Have, have you been in those, had those shoes on? Man, don't you just, don't you just hate that? What, what this verse tells us is when we approach the throne of God, when we're willing to go to the Lord and say, Lord, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding how to deal with my children, how to deal with my job. I'm having a hard time. I'm going to lose, lose my job, and I'm having a hard time understanding, Lord, where this leads. And, and so, Lord, I need your wisdom poured into my life. I'm going through some physical ailments, some struggles as I grow older. And, and Lord, I'm, I'm unsure how to handle these. And, and Lord, I'm seeking your wisdom. Show me, guide me, direct me with your, your spirit, with your Holy Spirit. Man, I'm thankful that God lives within us. And, and so I'm seeking your spirit. I'm thankful that the word says that he pours into us liberally. I like liberal. Well, let me back up. I like liberally being poured into by God's wisdom. Amen? Um, 
So it, it says that he, he's willing to pour in when we approach him and we have an open heart and open mind that he pours into us liberally without saying, I told you so. No rebuke. Man, that's, that's grace, isn't it? That's grace. When we approach the Lord and we say, Lord, I, I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. That he's made a promise that says he's going to pour into us and he's not going to, it's not going to be backed up by rebuke. He's just going to love us. He's just going, to, just going to pour his grace into our life. It goes on, though, and I want you to get this. But let him ask in faith. What, you ask in faith, what's faith mean? It says, ask in faith, believing, right? Believing, trusting, without a doubt. We have an almighty God. We can't see him tonight, can we? I mean, we can't physically look up there and see him. But in your heart, don't you know without a doubt that he is there? Do you try your best to stand on the word when it says that he's going to pour into you liberally? And you go and you say, Lord, I need your wisdom. And you pray about it. And his spirit begins to lead you and direct you. Um, do you trust in him completely? That he's going to take you down a path that is best for you? Or do you kind of say, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. That seems like that may cost me some money to go down that road. This is, this is what the Word says. Let us ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I love the beach. I love just when the waves come in, the sound, the smell. Then the waves go back. They move the sand in. They move the sand out. They cover things up. They expose things. And God says, hey, your faith can't be like that. And listen to this next verse. It says, for let not that man, the one that doubts, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. Seems pretty harsh, don't it? What's God ask us to do? Believe. He says, hey, come to my throne. Approach my throne. It says that we can approach his throne boldly, not arrogantly, not filled with pride, but he says, come knowing that I'm there. Come knowing that I'm going to hear your prayer. Come knowing that when you seek my wisdom, that I'm going to pour that wisdom into you liberally. And without rebuke, but he says this, but don't doubt it. Have a confidence. Have a confidence in your prayer time when you approach the Lord, knowing that he's there. Man, as Christians, as Christians, it's easy to be, uh, to be lukewarm. It's easy to sometimes be on fire when things is going good. And we're baptizing a bunch of people. And man, we're praising the Lord and everything's going good. But then you go to the doctor on Tuesday morning and you get a report that's not what you wanted to hear. And, and, and our faith begins to dwindle just a little bit. And then we begin to, to seek his wisdom after we get the air knocked out of us just a little bit. When we find out that our kids are doing things we don't want them to do. When we find out that financially uh, that, that 
the retirement that we had planned for that that man it's 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 been devastated it's not there and and so we're in the midst of these struggles and and we begin to let that doubt come into our faith come into our mind come into our relationship with the lord and god says don't do that and james he talks about trials and tribulations and he says count it joy when you walk through trials and tribulations I do not like that verse. That's what he says. For the Christians, if you're a saved child of the Lord, he says, when you walk in trials and tribulation, to count it all joy. Because it's during those times that he's building up our patience. It's during those times that he's making us more mature, more complete in Him. It's during those times that the seas are a little bit rough that we learn to lean in to Jesus Christ more than what we do when everything's good. Everything's good, man. I can lean into my wife. What do you want to do tonight, honey? Let's go to the show. Let's do this. Let's, let's just do this. But when things aren't so good, then, it, then, we, then we, wanna, we need something you know, that, that's stronger. And we begin to lean into Jesus. And man, he's saying whenever you walk through your daily life, not just the times of, of the deep valleys, but it says, man, the, the, the daily walk, when you just need the wisdom, don't you want to win your kiddos to Jesus? When you, isn't it great when somebody that you work with comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Isn't it awesome when you see God reach down and touch somebody's life and heal them of something the doctor said wasn't going to happen? Isn't it just a blessing to see God's hand at work and know that he's the one that made us, that he's the one that walks with us and talks with us and, and guides and directs us in everything we do? He says, man, I pour my wisdom into you if you just won't doubt. I challenge you to think about this when you go into the Lord in prayer got a big business decision, big financial decision, a big, uh, do we buy this or do we buy that? Do we need a new car? Do we buy a used car? Do we whip our kids or just send them to bed without supper? Lots of big decisions, right? Whenever we seek God's wisdom uh, and, and where you, when you trust in faith and you believe, to see him answer the prayers in the way that only he can, in the way that only he can. Paul moved on down. He talks about being rooted and built up. In the verse that we, in the verse that we read there, um, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in Jesus. Man, I, I have a big old, had a big old oak tree last year last fall and and it was just in a bad spot and and i got a lot of oak trees in my yard and i figured i could sacrifice this guy i, I needed it it was, it was too close to the place where i like to, to to grill chicken and we got a picnic table and i wanted to add a slab of concrete there and i couldn't do it with that oak tree there um so i had uh had that dude cut down and then i decided i was going to grind the stump out well, that's, that's, I'm, a, I'm a stump grinder, man. I've, I got this piece of equipment I can rent. I don't own it, but I, I can go get it. And it's amazing. I love doing stuff like that. 
And uh, so normally whenever I cut a stump like that, if it's a, a couple foot across there at ground level, you know, I just go in there and just kind of knock that down to ground level, maybe a couple inches below and throw some dirt on it, throw some grass seed on it. Got grass in a couple weeks. You know, everything's cool. But I knew with this stump I was going to have to go down about four, five, six inches because I want to pour concrete. So are you with me? So being the, the king guy that I am, I had this great idea. I went and got my pressure washer. And, and I was going to figure out just how deep and how much of this root underneath the ground there was. And so I hooked up my pressure washer and I went to blowing mud and dirt. I looked like I'd, I'd been run over by an 18-wheel truck by the time I got done. But it is amazing. I mean, I ended up having to take out like 50 square feet, you know, like a 7 by 7 area. This oak tree had roots that went everywhere, and they weren't little roots. They was roots like they was six, seven, eight inches in diameter. They was all over the place. I'd been better off to go get a, you know, a guy with a backhoe, and he could have he could have dug the hoe out quicker than what I did. But that old oak tree was a solid old tree because of the root system. I don't think wind would have ever blew him over. It might have broken somewhere along the way. But that guy had some roots that was amazing. And as Christians, Paul says that we are to be rooted and built up. You know, Paul also wrote to the church at Corinth, and he says, Hey, man, whenever, whenever we got this church going and got it, got it rocking, you was on the milk. You were young Christians. You'd just been saved. He says, But now there's years that have passed. And as I write this letter to you, you're still on the milk. You're still on the milk. He says you need to be growing. You need to be taking the word of God, the knowledge that God gives us, and, and turning that in and into wisdom, praying about that. You need to be maturing. You need to get them roots reaching out. And, and for Christians, sometimes uh, it's, it's too easy to walk through life, and, and we just our root system doesn't get established. And, and what happens to a big tree if you don't get a root system established? A little bit of a storm comes through. What happens? Blows it over. Normally like onto your pool or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or your deck or your car. Something along that line. But Paul says, man, I want you to be rooted and built up. We get rooted by getting in the Word of God. Amen? We get rooted by seeking His, His wisdom in our life. Being, being willing to pray, to pray in confidence and to listen to the Holy Spirit, to the guidance that he provides. We get mature, our, our roots get deeper and, 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 and wider whenever we're willing to listen to what he says to us. And, and you know, it's easy, it's easy to say, Lord, man, I'm not feeling good. Think I ought to go to church on Sunday morning? And I, uh, Spirit told me, yeah, I guess I'll get up and go to church. Well, those are kind of easy, ain't they? But how about when he, he suggests doing something that means you're going to be at risk? That it's going to be hard. That it might be a little bit, put you in a, a, a vulnerable, vulnerable position with regard to finances. With regard to your social status. You know, we work awfully hard to fit in with everybody, don't we? How many of you on Facebook? Just raise your hand. Let's just see how many on that dang Facebook. How many are not on Facebook? 
All right. There's my brothers and sisters. That's what I'm talking about. Don't we work hard to fit in socially? I mean, do we take our worst when you wake up in the morning and your hair for you ladies is kind of aimed this direction and this direction? Mine does that too, but it ain't got enough that you can tell. You know what I'm saying? But those aren't the pictures that you take and go post on Facebook, are they? No. No, we want everybody, we want to fit in. We want everybody to see how good everything is, is going. What happens when the Lord burdens your heart about something that's going to put that at risk? It's a little more difficult to do. How about when the Lord said to Peter, who was in a perfectly fine boat, in the midst of the storm, the waves are bouncing, and the Lord says, Come on over here, Peter. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Peter's heart when he stepped out of that boat and, and he put his foot down and it didn't sink? Can you imagine his heart when he took the next step and, it, and he was walking on water because he was following the direction of, of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ himself? How many times in your life and how many times in my life do we miss opportunities to have our heart feel that same way because God has burdened us to make that phone call or burdened us to, to sit down and visit with that person or burdened us to, to give more money to that one in need than, than we think we have uh, to give and, and, and he, he burdens us he speaks to our heart to be part of a ministry to, to work with to work with children's church man sometimes that can be a struggle amen we did that Sunday I'm so thankful we don't have to do it for four more weeks I love those kids for about three minutes and then it's all about loving Jesus amen the rest is about loving Jesus. But how many times does God speak to our hearts? And because we're unwilling to, to believe, we're un, we, that doubt comes into our mind. And we miss the blessing that we could have experienced with our, with our family, with our friends, with the people we go to church with. Just a blessing in our heart of seeing God's hand work and we miss it because we just lack that faith that God has instructed us to have. Man, he doesn't leave anything uncertain. It's black and white. You approach my throne, I'm going to pour wisdom into you as long as you believe. And as long as we listen and then we step out, stepping out of the boat, Peter did get in trouble, right? He was walking on water. Everything was great. It's like God's doing an amazing miracle. And, and he took his eyes off Jesus and what happened? He started, what did he look at? He started to look at the waves and the, the thunderheads and the storm. And the next thing you knew, he is, he is ankle deep, knee deep. You know, he's backing up because he took his eyes off Christ. How beautiful is it that we have a God that loves us as much as he does? It's awesome to have a wife that loves you, or a husband that loves you, 
that you can trust trust in and and walk through life with it's awesome to have kiddos that man whenever you say something they just trust that that's that's the that's the just the ultimate truth because mom said it or dad said it or the grandkids what are you laughing at sister you've been lying to the grandkids is that what you're saying they, they believe anything right just pour it on but isn't it awesome to have a God that cares so much about you that always wants the very best for you? Sometimes, my wife loves me a lot. I mean, she always loves me a lot. But sometimes I wonder if she's got my best in mind. You know what I'm saying? But with God, he always has my best in mind. Um, so Paul says... Be rooted and be built up. Oh man, we got to keep going. He also says this: um, be not cheated. Okay, his concern, of course, at the, with the church at Coloss, what what they had was they they had some false doctrine that was trying to infiltrate. Uh, that takes place everywhere we go, right? Uh, false doctrine. They were they were still, um, you know. There was, there was all kinds of philosophy. The Greeks were philosophers. The Greeks were people of philosophy. And, uh, you know, uh, a portion, they, they thought not only did you have to have Jesus, but you had to have this extra uh, intervention, this, this philosophical uh, relationship that not everybody could have. And, and so there was all kinds of things that you had to have a mix of Jesus and legalism that... There were still some things that you had to obey according to the law in order to be saved. And, and so there was all kinds of false doctrine going on at Klaus. And, and so Paul simply says, he says, man, do not let, do not be cheated. And verse 8 says, be, beware. Okay? So he's just told him, he says, hey, your wisdom and your knowledge is in Jesus Christ. He says, be rooted, be grounded. He says, and beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the, word, of the world, and are not according to Christ. He says, man, you've got you to gotta be, beware because there's a lot of false religion. There's a lot of religion. There's a lot of people that's going to try to lead you down a wrong road. It's going to lead you to a place outside of the place that Jesus Christ wants you to reside in, in fellowship with him. And just as that was in that day and that time, it is today. We have to be cautious of false religion. We have to be cautious uh, whenever people try uh, to sell Jesus plus something else as, as a way to salvation. Jesus made it plain in John 14 and 6. He said, I'm the way and I'm the truth. And I'm the life, right on? Except through me. Amen. Jesus, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There ain't no other path unto the Lord except through me. He says there's one way. One way. You know, you have to be careful of deceit. You have to be, you know, there's a lot of people in the religious organizations today um, and, and they're sharing a, a form of the gospel, but they've got it mixed with other stuff in order that it might be more profitable unto them. 
that it might build their world up instead of the, the community of Jesus Christ, that they might be glorified as opposed to lifting up our Lord and our Savior by the name of Jesus Christ. And we live in a world that is filled with that. And, and so it, just as it, it was back then, it's so appropriate today, just beware. I always think, you guys, anybody ever buy anything off TV? You know, did you ever buy a good tool, Brother Gary, off, off television? Was it good knife? I've just, I've, I've, I got burnt, you know, whenever you, you'd see this advertisement on TV and it just almost looked too good to be true. You know, and, and so I'd say, man, get excited and, and make a big purchase and be waiting on the box to come. You used to have to wait a week. Now you like, you, you, you know, you hit the keystroke on the keyboard and about three hours later somebody's knocking at your door. But it's a bad feeling when you're expecting this, this high-quality piece of merchandise to show up on your front step and, and the UPS guy or the Amazon guy or the Fed Express guy. You know, there's a million of them come by my house. I don't know. They, they, I don't know how that works. But anyway, they drop the package on the front step. And you're thinking, oh, man. I mean, so excited, and you get out there, and you go to pick it up, and when you go to pick it up, it's like it feels empty, and you're like, oh my gosh, this can't be what I ordered, I ordered it, it's going to be heavy, it's going to be made out of steel, it's going to be rugged, just like the TV commercial said, right, and I open the box up, and it's made out of plastic, and it looks like it's going to last about three days, you know, we, it is easy to be deceived when we live in a world filled with deceit. And so Paul says, man, not only does, does that apply to the TV commercials, but it applies to your religion. And it forces us sometimes to back up and go back to the truth. Where's the truth at? In the Word of God, amen? And, and so, man, as Christians... We owe it to ourselves to make sure that we're not being misled or that we're not, that, you know, he says, beware, man, we need to beware. And, and God gives us the ability. You know, you think back to the days of Christ and you think, man, if I could have hung out with Jesus, it'd been so easy to be a Christian. It'd been so easy to make good choices. Man, if I could have just walked with Jesus. And I'm thankful today that we've got the word of God that is with us all the time. Can you imagine? You can hang out with Jesus for a little while. He'd get tired of me hanging out, I think. He'd say, you go that direction, you know? But, but he's given us the word of God that we have always. And not, not only has, has he given us the word of God, but he's given us the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this evening, the Spirit lives within you. The Word says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's a peace of God himself that lives within you. He's there to intercede on our prayer life. He's there to be our comfort. He's there to be our encouragement. He's there to guide us. He's there to, to bring the wisdom into our life. He's, he's all you need, amen? And, and so Paul simply says, hey, just beware in John 10 and 10, it says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief being who? 
Satan. He's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Folks, it, you, you, sometimes we don't like to think about it, but he's after you. He's after you. And when the Lord says, uh, come to my throne in faith, Satan says, ah, you, you don't have to believe completely. You don't have, your faith doesn't have to be quite that strong. Remember the garden? Eve says, hey, God said if we eat of that, that surely we're going to lose our life. No, that's not what he meant. What he actually meant was you eat of that tree, you're going to be like God. That'd be good. Oh, Satan has story after story after story for Christians trying to keep us from being a light that shines in a dark world that causes people to be saved. One more thing, and, and I'll let you get out of here. It says this in the, the last piece, verse 10. It says, and you are complete in him. Big letter H, who is that? You are complete in Christ. You are complete in Christ. Your sin debt has got a sticker on it that says paid in full. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I am thankful that my sin debt is paid in full. I'm thankful that tomorrow, whenever I screw up, or I could say tonight, I could. I guarantee you. It's every day of our life, right? It's every day of our life. I, I, I love in the book of James, it, it says to be guilty of one is to be guilty of all. It says, how could you love a verse like that? Because that means you're just as bad as I am. And I'm just as bad as you are. And we're all jacked up. But I'm thankful that my sin debt is paid in full, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that he has made the promise to walk with me today, tonight, tomorrow right on down the road whether it's a day that I'm living on the mountaintop and everything is lovely or whether it's a day I'm in the midst of a valley and stuff's pretty tough my Jesus has said I'll be right there because I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you I don't care how bad you mess up I'm going to be by your side I don't care how deep the valley gets, I'm going to be by your side. And then I'm thankful that my completeness in Jesus means that one of these days, I'm going to be absent from this old body. And I'm going to be present with the Lord. Paul says, man, it'd be so much better to go see Jesus right now. He says, but doggone it. Lord, if you put me to work down here, then then that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be working for you. Same thing applies to us. The trials, the tribulations, the struggles. One of these days, those are going to be gone. One of these days, we're going to be face to face with the Lord and Savior that gave his life on the cross of Calvary for us. One of these days, the hurt that we've lived with in this old life, it's going to be diminished. It's going to be gone. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm thankful that my completeness, that I can count on that. The Lord may give me one more day.
to live. He may give me another 20 years or 25 years. I don't know. But I know when I take my last breath, I'm going to see him face to face. And that's going to be quite a time of celebration. The older I get, the more I long for that day. You know, we grow to love this old life, don't we? And I, 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 just, I just like the things that we enjoy. But man, along the course of this life, we ought to be more mindful of heaven as each day passes. Our longing ought to be more and more for Jesus and less and less for this old world. Being complete, Paul told the church, he says, man, it's my desire for you to be complete in Christ. We try to make ourselves complete a lot of different ways, don't we? And if we can just reach this position in our career, everything be so good, and we work, and we strive, and we struggle, and we finally get there, and we find out that it's really not much different than everything else we've ever had. We just work out and build our muscles. What are you laughing at, Sister Shirley? You didn't go to the gym this morning, did you? And I, neither did I, just so we, we're, on the, we're on the same page. But we work so hard at, at our, sometimes our physical attributes, trying to make us look better, trying to fit in. We work so hard to fit in on Facebook. We work so hard at all those things, and Jesus says the way to being complete is to be complete in him. And folks, I just say I, in closing, he, he, I want you to know he loves you tonight. And he has the very best in mind for you. We live in a world that's not like that. And maybe you've been chasing, you know, you've been chasing down a, a different path as hard as you can go. I challenge you tonight to just know that you can approach the throne, that you've got a God that loves you, a God that hears, and a God that wants to pour his grace into you more than me or you will either one be able to understand. Is Brother Blake in here or is he gone? Is he teaching youth? So am I, supposed to, am I supposed to close out with a song tonight? I have, been, I have waited all my life for this opportunity right here. Just pray. Thank you, sister. That's what we'll do. Who said that? I want to know. That was probably maybe one of the, the wisest things said all night. Hey, thanks, guys, for being here tonight. And, and uh, again, I know from the Ridge, we just want to express our thanks, uh, the way that we are welcome to, to come in and be part of this. We appreciate that so very much. And uh, just, want, just want to express our thanks. So let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you. We, we thank you for the day that you've made, Father. The, the I just thank you for your word. Father, there is nothing in this life I would rather do than share your word. Father, just to, to read your word and to know that you are a God of grace, a God of love, that, Father, you are prepared to pour into us. I pray that our faith would be strong, dear Father, that we would trust in you, that we would believe, not just for salvation, Lord, Father, but in our daily walk and how we raise our kids, how we treat our spouses and how we conduct ourselves at work. And, Father, the way we react to those that are in need and Father, that we would just open our hearts, listen to your spirit, and Father, that we would be willing, willing to walk in a way that's pleasing unto you, that we might have our own walking on water stories, that we might 
just be excited about what we see you doing, Father, and, and, and Lord, just help us to uh, just to be willing vessels as the songs, um, as the song that was sang last, Lord, just help us to be available to be what you want us to be. Father, I thank you so much. I ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <laughs>